0: Well, one of us has had some time to kind of cool off after our podcast yesterday was surrounding the 2022 Combine Press Conference uh, with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. We'll touch on the little lingering things that we didn't hit in yesterday's pod because Bo and I went throat to throat. Um, Kyler Murray, according to Pro Football Focus, he's in line for a massive contract and the Cardinals are playing in Mexico in 2022. Is that a good thing or a slight against the Arizona Cardinals as it pertains to the NFL, Alex Clancy Brobock, Locked On Cardinals. Let's go. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona
1: Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Uh, full disclosure, pulling the curtains back, that took me five times to do before we started the podcast. Uh, that's a record. A uh, lot to talk about today. I got excited. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow him at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you to everybody who makes Locked On Cardinals. Your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. We truly appreciate everything. Twitter's been a blaze. Thank you, Michael Bidwell, from the top down, for all of this incredible content. <laughs> You're the real MVP even though you can't bring a championship across the finish line. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're over uh, 2,100 followers. Like, come on. You haven't even we've been doing it a year. Guys and gals, We everybody, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And Bo and I, just a disclaimer, because yesterday got a, little, got a little hairy. We believe what we're saying. We believe mm-hmm. the other person's wrong, and we love each other at the same time. Okay, so it's never going to get awkward. It's just Bo's wrong a lot. And somebody has to tell him. So, listen, Bo. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to do it because I'm hosting today, so I can snip Mm -hmm. that. We talked a lot about the Kyler-centric stuff yesterday Mm -hmm. with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, what they said. We're not going to rehash because we're going to end up doing a a two-and-a-half-hour podcast here. We were on um, other sides of the table regarding the actual verbiage used in some of Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury's answers. Sure, maybe one was nitpicking where Cliff Kingsbury said... I think that Kyler Murray is going to be the future of this organization. You know, uh, paraphrasing the quote, uh, we went back and forth about that. I think he could have done a little bit better job and be a little more polished when that was the most important question he was going to be asked. He knew that was the question that was going to be asked. And he kind of fumbled his words. Steve Keim isn't worried about Kyler Murray, not being an Arizona Cardinal moving forward. I asked why not, you know, Mm -hmm. these are some of the conversations. Check it out. It's a great pod. It's one of the, it's one of the better ones that we've done. Um, We're going to go a little bit lighter today. And, we're going to start we'll with kind of, well, I mean, <laughs> until you start talking, we're we're going to go a little bit lighter regarding the topics that were discussed uh, in the press conference, not named, not surrounding Kylery, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, um, you know, kind of a, a void in the cornerback room that we knew going into last season, yet yeah, nothing was done. Just, just a little quick refresher. Then nothing was done um, aside from signing a 31-year-old Malcolm Butler Uh, Right before the season started, pretty much. Or, you know, whatever, a couple months before. Okay. We're going to talk about that. Kyler Murray, according to Pro Football Focus, is projected to be in line for a whole lot of cheese. Okay. It's a James Harden extension when he was in Houston kind of cheese. And we're going to talk about that second segment. And then the Cardinals are playing. In Mexico in 2022, we don't know who the opponent is yet, but we've done our deductive reasoning to narrow it down to two teams. I believe the Cardinals are playing nine home games, or they were at least, and eight road games. Looks like they're going to take one of those home games and be using that south of the border in Mexico. We're going to talk about if that's a good thing for the Cardinals or if it's just kind of a, hey, you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Go to London every year. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. Just to put a bow on what we talked about yesterday. There was There were things said. You know, there was awkwardness at the dinner table. But talking about the smaller issues, I guess, even though that's not really fair to say, they were asked about some other personnel on their roster and their playing time, their growth, their potential position to play next year. Speaking namely of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. But what were your thoughts about how they talked about those two gentlemen yesterday? In the in the in the press conference two days ago in the press conference,
1: right? It was uh, Cliff Kingsbury talking about Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons first, and he said that you know they're going to be a big part of what they're going to do going forward. No shocker to anybody. I mean, I think a lot of people just want to see Zayvon Collins on the field to really get an idea of what type of player he is because we didn't see a whole lot of Zayvon Collins being the first round pick out a Tulsa, 16th overall in his first season for the Arizona Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons, I think, proved to a lot of people proved a lot of people wrong. Um, that he can play at the NFL level that he's not a complete just bust of a pick eighth overall sure he has some consistency issues early in his career um but hopefully with another full offseason in full you know OTAs and and training camp he'll be good to go for a successful third season time Kingsbury both kind of said that those guys are going to stick at the, the the inside linebacker position um you know, I mean, both these guys were drafted with their versatility in mind. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. They're, they're both going to play a versatile role on this defense. Um, I, I think what people just want to see at this point is is PT. They want to see playing time. They don't want to see throughout the season, whether it's saving Collins or Isaiah Simmons or Rondell Moore on the other side of the football or any rookie player that gets a decent start snap wise at the beginning to see those deteriorate. Like you want to see development and you want to see impacts made by especially your first round picks and your second round picks. And I think that's the biggest problem with the Arizona Cardinals and and what their fan base has a very uh, solid reason to be upset with this franchise. Yeah, you know,
0: that's that's one of the one of the bigger question marks. Storyline wise, like chicken of the egg is it Zayvon Collins not able to play, or is this notorious that they're not going to play rookies? You know, it's like what you what they were asking of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins last year has never been done. You don't play those two kinds of guys next to each other as inside linebackers. You don't do it. They've ne- the NFL. They it, it's not in the rule book yet. Mm-hmm. Steve Kime said, "You know what? We're going to do it." And lo and behold, didn't work. Now that doesn't mean it won't work. It just means that it hasn't, and maybe it's just maturity that's going to need to come into play. I don't think that, that Zayvon Collins was a wasted draft pick. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Zayvon Collins isn't going to be an impact maker. What I do see is a lot of other rookies making impacts a lot faster than who the Cardinals draft. And what we saw with Hassan Redick, and I know it's more tied directly to Isaiah Simmons, because Isaiah Simmons, like it, it just—that's what it's been more directly tied to. Because Isaiah Simmons played eight positions in college; they taught him eight positions in the NFL. And again, lo and behold, it didn't work his rookie year. If if Hassan and Redick ends up truly being a cautionary tale for the Cardinals, they'll figure it out now this offseason. Right. and they'll have a plan—not not hunting, hunting and pecking, not guessing. Let's try him here. Let's try him here. This is our defense. This is where they're going to play. And these are where they're going to take these reps. And we're going to build with veteran leadership around them to make a well-rounded defense that doesn't fold when one or two players get injured. At different positions,
1: though, right? I mean, because for back-to-back years now, we've seen this organization draft a player, Isaiah Simmons, in the top 10, eighth overall, and then they signed Devondre Campbell. And then Devondre Campbell takes all the snaps away from the rookie linebacker, whether he was ready or not, and then the next season, they still have Jordan Hicks on the roster. He plays a significant amount of snaps. Played a great role for the Arizona Cardinals. Jordan Hicks was a, was a key player on that defense all season long. Um, but it it prohibited David Collins from getting snaps. So did like Zeke Turner and, and other players there, which are just ridi- ridiculous. Like, do you take the ability from Vance Joseph, you know, off the roster to you know block these guys from playing in this in this starting defense? I mean, it's it's the sink or swim mentality. Yeah, and but like, I, what we've seen with
0: this team is that the sink or swim is the last year, they swim and they get paid somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to like, as, like, I want Isaiah Simmons to play 80% of the snaps. Come hell or high water. You want to find out right away? That's how you're going to find out because this is a theory that works better towards in the NBA. But this is this is one of my better thought processes. I've got like two, and this is mm-hmm. one. This is this is the the silver medal. Players that have always started their entire career. Players that have played 80 or 90% of the snaps or played 80% of the minutes in basketball. They get moved to the bench mid-game, they're told to come off the bench, things like that. That messes with what they've learned and had their entire life they've had their entire life. Okay, so you, you warm up, you sweat, you're sweating during warm-ups in basketball and then you sit for the first 8 minutes of the first quarter. Not everybody can do that and be a Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody can go from what Isaiah Simmons did his whole career to playing 35% of the snaps being like, "A minute man, being like, "Ready. Right, okay, now let's go. I'm cold. I've been on the I've been on a full offensive a possession. And then now midway through a defensive possession, then I get to have to go out there and perform right away. It's not an excuse, but it's like, if you're going to play guys that you drafted, just play them. Just play them. Right. Try not to get cute with with snap percentages.
1: If you're going to utilize a first round pick where teams hit on them all the time, sure you have your, your fair share of busts as well, but teams are finding impact makers in the first round. The Arizona Cardinals outside of Kyler Murray just haven't. And they have to. And as far as second year, like we've seen, uh, you know, under Steve Kime, guys take a step in the right direction. Like D.J. Humphrey's redshirted. Then he saw some snaps in his second season. We saw Hassan Redick. It took a little bit longer for him. But Zaven Collins' development from year one to year two, it's going to be paramount for this defense to be successful in 2022. It's going to be huge. Because if he's not, if he's the same kind of player that looks like he's tentative out there and he's not, uh, or he's tentative and he's not like really uh, just kind of reacting. They're in big, big, big trouble. So, you know, you hope that they do put him in a situation to where it's his job to absolutely lose, but uh, you know, they've got to be able to kind of sink or swim because otherwise it's just going to be more frustration about uh, another first round pick that wasn't wasn't you know utilized correctly
0: alex Clancy, ball brock locked on cardinals agreed follow him at bob Brock. follow me at clancy's corner follow the podcast and locked on easy cards according to pro football focus kyler Burr is going to get a whole lot of cheese with his next contract if he were to play out this one um we're going to talk about those bonkers numbers as well as the cardinals going south of the border to play in mexico for 2022 in the 2022 we, we're assuming it's going to be a home game we'll hit that in the third segment Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. Again, two weeks to March Madness. From all the latest odds totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, man. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, bet online, where the game starts. So the Cardinals are playing in Mexico in 2022. This used to be a, oh, sweet, something different. The last time the Cardinals played internationally was when Carson Palmer broke his wrist, forearm. When was they played the Rams,
1: yeah.
0: mm-hmm. Um, in the, whew, that was a tough season. 2017 was a tough season, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the Cardinals go south of the border to Mexico to play. Like I looked online, so the Bucks and the Saints are the only teams that are playing internationally, whether it be you know in Mexico or the UK that the Cardinals have a home game against. Mm-hmm. So you'd think it's going to be the Bucks or the Saints that the Cardinals are going to play in Mexico. We don't know that, but, I mean, you would think if you if you use your deductive reasoning. Cool. That's great. It's probably going to be a Monday night game. Awesome. If that's the only hot primetime game they have alongside, aside from their Thursday night game, boring. Okay? Um, the Cardinals are playing a lot of high-profile teams this year. So you could see them definitely in a Sunday night game. Um but it used to be a, man, this is sweet, not for the players. Sweet. Going to the UK, going to play at Wembley in front of Mm -hmm. 2.7 million people, however many people Wembley Stadium holds. But now it's like, are the Cardinals seen as the NFC version of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Like, are the Cardinals looked at as like, you know what? They've got an exciting player. They've got a couple pieces. People will watch. But if they put the Jaguars versus who cares? You know, Jaguars versus the Lions in Mexico, everybody'll watch because it's gonna be the only game on TV that night.
1: I mean, if if it's Cardinals, uh, you know, the, the the matchups aren't that intriguing. Cardinals, Saints, right? As you mentioned, Bucks, if they don't get a quarterback, if it's Kyle Trask, uh I don't know about that one. But when you think about it, it's like Is this good for the Cardinals? I mean, I know that they were going to have more home games than road games, a flip from the previous year, but where did they struggle? They struggled at home. If you take them away, if you take them out of State Farm Stadium for one of those home games, uh, then you've got this pair of them playing on a primetime game where they struggled. They were 0-3 in 2021, but they also struggled at home, and you put them in Mexico in front of 100,000 screaming fans. I, I think that, look, I get excited about it. I think that it's a, it's a good opportunity for the Arizona Cardinals to put themselves on full display internationally with a guy that's going to transcend the, the state of Arizona. And it's Kyler Murray. Like he can, he's going to put eyes onto them that you might not necessarily get the opportunity to do so. And, and you take advantage of that. The Arizona Cardinals have had some success in, in in Mexico before last time they played, it was a while ago. They beat the crap out of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, So look, yeah, it, it it's, it's unfortunate that you take a game off of their home slate and now you're even with home and away games, but it's a little bit, it's way easier than having to go across the pond. I still don't understand the UK experiment. Like I I, I dislike it. I've never really, mainly because it all comes back to fantasy football. I wake up on a Sunday and I say, what the hell? I've got players that win or I, I didn't get that running back in there because somebody played and got a few snaps in, in the UK and they just torpedoed my chances probably my fault but it's uh it's i I don't like the uk game it's that kicks off at 6 a.m az time
0: it's 6 30 okay so calm yourself number one which is also weird yeah this is also you know why you're terrible at fantasy football if that bothers you you can't set your stuff the night before this is all a play for shad Khan to move to london i still think that's what it is like they play there every year they are the de facto team of london because they go there every year i believe uh yeah like. Cool. It it should be fun. If I think it's... I I think they're playing at Aztec Stadium. I think they're playing at Estadio uh, Azteca. Now, remember, the one of the best... I mean, it's probably top three best regular season games that we've seen over the last five years was Rams-Chiefs that ended up having 108 points or whatever that was supposed Mm -hmm. to be played in Mexico, but the field was too bad, so they moved it to the Coliseum. Like, the Cardinals have... (laughs) The issues the Cardinals have had injury-wise last year were at home against Green Bay, short field after playing at home against Houston, so that field didn't have a full week. And then you look at what happens in Mexico. It's just like, I don't don't like for, you know, you don't want your brain to go there ever. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. any play could be like you don't ever think about and you want nobody to get injured ever. Um, But that's just another thing. It's like, well, that's another thing that needs to be, thought about when they go to Mexico. But yeah, I mean, good exposure. Cool. Um Tampa Bay, whatever, you know, Tampa Bay or, or, or New Orleans. Fine. There, It's good enough for a Monday night game. And I'm assuming that it will be a hundred percent will be a Monday night game. It was in Mexico and it's the only one. So, yeah, yeah I don't know it, it, what it like. And I know that we were supposed to talk about this next segment, but I got excited about this after looking at it. It's like, well, it's something different. It just sucks. It's like, cool. They've got nine home games. And the argument for them not playing well at home last year, fine. I get it. Hopefully, wow. it was in a vacuum for that year, and they can figure it the hell out that they can't play in front of their home fans.
1: They got to like, change that narrative. Like, yeah. that has to change this season. Like, yep. the end-of-the-year slump and the the uh, the performing worse at home than on the road, like, you, good teams don't do that. And yeah. if if they want to have a repeat or something that mirrors 2021 – uh, that's, that's going to be a big time frustration for this fan base, but for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and so th- there's two things I like to put in in the box of never to be talked about again, trading Kyler Murray, put that in the box. And then number two, oh, maybe they should play all the games on the road because they play better on the road. Put that in the box. All the fans in Twitter put it in the box and shut it, lock it, swallow the key and move the hell on with that. Alex Landry, Bullbrock, Locked On Cardinals. Kyler Murray, lot of cheese, pro football focus. What do they all have in common? I'll talk about that next. I was supposed to talk about it now. We're going to talk about it next. How much do you think Kyler Murray deserves? We'll talk about that as well, Locked On Cardinals. Wrapping this sucker up on a Thursday edition of Locked On Cardinals. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you to everybody who's been around us. Um, Argues, agrees, whatever. Uh, This is just... We're just along for the ride, man. This is it's just really fun. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Thank you for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen each and every day. Free and available on all platforms. Six year, $275 million contract projected by Pro Football, Pro Football Focus that Eric Burkhart will get $27 million of. That's what the projected contract is for Kyler Murray's next contract. Um, Whatever. I mean, like the, you, so you hope that the salary cap continues to go up every year, which it has, obviously, except for the COVID year. It's going to make up for it this year upcoming. It's still true. And I, and I look back at the, and I know, I know that you refute this, and I've kind of softened on this a little bit. I look back at the last 15 or 18 Super Bowl winners. Most of them were Tom Brady, so it kind of ruins it. Tom Brady had all of his money guaranteed. But it still wasn't thirty-five million dollar cap hit. I don't believe in a year. I, I I don't. I need to go ask Mike debate about that from Locked On Patriots. But he was. I don't know if he was always the highest paid player on the team every year. Like I don't know if that's true. Um, Peyton Manning, you brought up. He got ninety-six million over three years. I believe what I looked up as. I don't know exactly how much that was guaranteed, but it was a lot. So the point of my thing is. Paying a quarterback does, doesn't equate to zero Super Bowls won afterwards. Russell Wilson, rookie deal. Patrick Mahomes, rookie deal. Olimar Jackson's success has been rookie deal. Z- uh, Josh Allen just got paid. All of these six before that, rookie deal. You have to pay the quarterback because you have to pay the quarterback. Otherwise, somebody else will. Do you still give Kyler Murray – say this is it. Say he doesn't get the extension. He plays ball. You know, everybody is, is, is kumbaya. He they pick up his fifth option after the fourth year, then he gets a six year 275 million dollar contract, which is 44 million a year.
1: I think 45, yeah, just over 45.
0: A lot of cheese. Yeah, is Kyler Murray, if everything stays the same, say they win a playoff game next year and Mm -hmm. say, you know, they they level out at around between 10 and 12 wins a year in the 17 game slate, and they're a playoff team, they're a three seed, they're a four seed, they're a two seed, whatever, for the next two years or for the next year does he deserve six years 275 million dollars
1: yeah he does i mean why he just happens to be the guy the next guy in line he's the he's the next guy to get paid you might you might save yourself some cash maybe even doing the deal earlier because what you mentioned as far as the cap going up um and, and they'll take that into account when they negotiate and the biggest key is like the percentage of what the cap hits the quarterback cap hits gonna take, towards the entire salary cap like if it's at 208 now and kyler murray is making 45 million dollars that's that's way too much like you you can't it'd be almost damn near impossible i don't care how good your cap guy is i don't care if you have the saints cap guy um it's going to be damn near impossible but regardless of what happens with i mean kyler murray like should he have to take a pay cut from his market value because the general manager can't draft well enough to surround him with the young, controllable, you know, cheap talent like that. That shouldn't be on Kyler Murray. That shouldn't be on Eric Burkhart. And that was never the case in New England. Like I know that Tom Brady made his concessions as far as being one of the top played players in the league. But he also had Bill Belichick bringing in guys and developing guys that Tom Brady could either throw to or get him the ball on on the defensive side uh, on a consistent basis. And and the Arizona Cardinals, it's just like, you should be very skeptical about the Cardinals ability to build a roster by paying a quarterback that much money. Now, also the last time they did pay a quarterback and kind of lived in this, this arena where they were paying a guy like Carson Palmer. He was, I think he was top five paid player when he was playing for the Cardinals. He was making 25, 27 million dollars. Steve Kime had Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians was very involved as far as building the roster. He's not here. We've seen that Steve Kime struggled without Bruce Arians. Now, if you look back at the last time he had he paid a quarterback, he did pretty well, but he also had a BA and he's going to have to relearn how to build a roster that way and you should be pretty concerned about that. But I I can't I can't say Kyler doesn't deserve it because of that. But that's my main concern. Yeah, sure.
0: I mean, cause that, and this is just the world in which we live. So, I mean, it's paying him because he's the next one is something that I've always kind of been like, well, why? Right. It's just like, like baseball almost got there. Baseball two off seasons ago, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado were both free agents. As, as, as the season was about to start, it was getting close. I can't remember the exact parameters. It's like, you know what? The owners are finally starting to realize, you know what? It doesn't always have to be the next one. And they were given $700 million combined over the course of a week. It's like, well, there goes that. Like Mm -hmm. all it takes is one team to not do it. And guess what? The Cardinals would be the perfect team to not do it because they don't do anything the way conventional wisdom says they should. Now, should they pay him? Yeah. Yes. you need. You. Should they? Yes. Do they need to? Yes. Is it the best business decision? Maybe not, but they need Kyler Murray. They need ticket sales. They need jersey sales. They need to win games. Do you want to trade Kyler Murray for three first-round picks and hope that the eighth overall pick isn't Christian Ponder or Jake Locker? Like, do you understand who Kyler Murray is and what he's shown over the first 49 games of his career? Like that quick math? That was great. If we got any kudos for that with the extra game. Like this should be a no brainer, even though there's going to be obvious and ridiculous sticker shock, regardless of how much he signs.
1: It's well, also like it's so too much. It's not your money either. You know, yeah. it's not, it's like people yeah. just like they, they clutch their pearls when they see this. And it's just like, look, it's not like, I, I think that you should be confident that it's not Joe Flacco or Jay Cutler. I think, I mean, there are red flags about Kyler Murray, no doubt about it. But I don't think they're enough to merit saying he doesn't deserve that money because there are, there's going to be a team that's going to be willing to pay him and they're going to be able to surround him. Now, whether it's Super Bowl caliber, we don't know yet. But he's going to be a, a guy that's going to be in the mix as, as far as relevant quarterbacks leading their teams to contention in some capacity. And the Arizona Cardinals, one, they you don't let one of those players out of your, out of your building. And two, I don't care if you get 16 first round picks, the guy pulling the strings on that. He's one for two on quarterbacks in the first round. And he's what, like as far as signing extensions so far, as we record one this for podcast, eight, bro. one, yeah, one for eight. It doesn't matter if you have all 32 first round picks. Can he make the right call?
0: So this is why, and let's just touch one more second on, on yesterday's podcast. So okay. I look like a crazy person. Okay. I did. And, and all joking aside, like, yes, I'm going to say this incessantly until we see something different. Okay. I'm working on it, but it's hard to have, it's hard to sugarcoat something that it's just, I think is a bad situation. We say that about Steve Kime. And I'm not saying that you're talking out of both sides of your mouth because it's mm-hmm. being a rational person. You, First of all, you should be able to debate both sides of any argument. Otherwise, your argument is null and void. I can I can argue against everything that I argue for, one hundred percent. Okay, but we looked at the press conference uh, in Indy a couple days ago. We know that everything you just said is true. That we've said about his inability to draft and do all that stuff. Yet he's the one. He's the mouthpiece for this organization still, and that's why it's hard for me to be like, look at the comments from our YouTube channel, be like, hey, be positive. Give me something. Because he put together a couple of nice things that really, it's like lawyer talk. It's politician talk. Right. It, I don't have any, I don't well, hold any merit to it because he isn't, he shouldn't be the one giving those answers. So it yeah. like, devoids me of even listening to what he has to say. I, I, I struggle think, with
1: that. Yeah. And and I think two things can be true here at the same time, as far as Steve Kime can go up there and he can give me, he can tell me things in a press conference that I'll, I'll, I'll be satisfied as far as what his answers were, because what I'm look I'm not, I'm just looking for somebody not to just give me stock cliche, um, you know, just, just nothing nonsense. Like, a step up from Bill Belichick I'll be satisfied with, right? And he gave me that. But as far as, am I confident that he's going to be making the right decisions down the road for this team? No, like I think a lot of people should be skeptical about that. Um, but as far as what, he, and he's he's done a, a fine job. Like I feel like he he probably has the wool pulled over our eyes the best during these months. And then once we start to realize that, there wasn't a good enough job done as far as creating depth on this team and where he fell short in his offseason. Because at this time, I mean, we saw JJ Watt, you know, a year ago from this week, you know, signing with the Arizona Cardinals. It, it's, I just think that, uh, you know, Steve Kime is fine as far as the pressers is concerned. That's where you get into a problem as far as accountability. People can say things, but actions speak louder than words. And the Arizona Cardinals need a lot of action this offseason. And the organization knows that uh, it's just, w- w- you just hope they've got a plan that probably in your last ditch effort to, to really make good with Kyler Murray's rookie contract. This is it.
0: You yep. know, Alex, Lancy Bobrock locked on Cardinals. Let's leave it there. We'll talk to you tomorrow.